Podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Tonight, 12-pack of hot routes for Halloween night. Next. Yeah, we're just going to go straight into it. I like it. Next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin. Damn. Kevin, uh, jumping in tonight, we have 12-pack of hot routes. We're going to just run right through these games. Right through these games. We have great games. I wish we could spend more time with them, but we're going to have to run through them. So, before running through them, skipped sort of some of the intro accoutrements with with the with the just 12 pack of hot routes you're not gonna wine and dine us next so we've been doing the yankee builders at the end let me handle them at the beginning here this evening as a quick word from our sponsors yankee builders yankee builders is a wonderful construction firm formed a over a decade ago by luke randall and Corey green both grew up in families with extensive construction and carpentry backgrounds it is that lifelong background and family approach to the business that they bring to each and every job they do yankee builders set out in every job to make the homeowner's dream for their home come true their services include roofing siding windows doors bathrooms kitchens decks, new construction, additions, and residential remodeling. Whatever job, big or small, Yankee Builders will make your dream vision become the reality for your home. Call them today at 315-247-9144 or visit them online at yankeebuilderscny.com. That's yankeebuilderscny.com. And remember, tell them that Henny and Patron sent you. Henny. Patron. Bringing back that Montauk. It's Montauk night at the two drink minimum. We have the Montauk pumpkin ale. Again, if you didn't listen to the program earlier or maybe later, depending on which order you're listening to these programs, we talked about it. Montauk Brewing Company is a friend of the program through my buddy who owns Fire Island Bicycle Company. Both from down downstate, our neighbors down there in Long Island. I'm not usually a Long check, Island guy. Look, the beer's good. The bikes are good. You could check out their stuff on our Facebook page. I'm going to link to both of them. Seriously, honey, if you want to get some legit wheels, if you need a I new bike, you, I, you go to I tell you I needed a new F, bike? FIbikes.com. FIbikes.com. Montauk Brewing Company brought to us. And in the on-deck circle, you see that beer in the on-deck circle? I see it. In the Fire Island beer sleeve? It, it In the on-deck circle? The on-deck circle brought to you by Fire Island. There you go. The Fire company. Island on-deck circle. The Fire Island on-deck circle. The uh, FIODC. Thank you, fellas. Yankee Builders, Montauk Brewing Company, Fire Island Bicycle Company. Thank you guys all. It's a pl- uh, pleasure to be here, and we really enjoy doing this. I'm going to pour this beer, Kevin. Do it. Let's get into it. Where's the bell? You got that? Oh, there's the bell right over there. You got to grab that bell. Get the bell. I'm on Get it. the bell. I'm going to pour this pumpkin and let you have first crack at first game. Coastal Carolina at Georgia State. They are three-point favorites. You're letting me lead off with Coastal Carolina. Those are your boys, those man. You both sent me the celebrations. Epic celebration. And that epic when you sent me that right there, the the wrestling celebration this week, it's amazing. I thought that like that just it hit me. 
So the college football this year, I don't know if you were a pro wrestling guy, WWF guy back in the day, but you remember the Royal Rumble? I'm not the a Royal wrestling Rumble. guy, but okay, I'm following. Royal Rumble, like every minute a new guy would come in, and that's what this college football season has felt like. Like there's guys in the ring, and then all of a sudden, boom, Undertaker's music starts. You don't know who's going to be next in the Royal oh, you're Rumble. Like, oh, you're like, oh, oh he's so here. countdown, three, two, one, ding, and all of a sudden, Ohio State and Justin Fields come out. This college football season feels like the Royal Rumble where people are mixing it up and all of a sudden you turn like, like, who's coming out? And now you have a team like Coastal Carolina undefeated. So we thought we'd start off this 12-pack with a couple of these undefeated teams that are not the big boys. Also not called the Chanteliers. They're the Chanceliers. The sh- when I, the, the Chance sh- is what a lot of people go with. It's not right? the Sharts. The no, shirts. no, no. The Sharts is something much, much, <laughs> much different. different. You don't want to be the Sharts. No, you don't want to okay. be the Sharts. That's messy. Uh, I was wondering why a chandelier was a bird, but anyway, so you, you got you you got a pick here: the shot the chandeliers versus Georgia State. Give me what you got, honey. Patron, Coastal Carolina had their young phenom quarterback Grayson McCall gets banged up. He missed their game, so Fred Payton, Freddie, comes in, does a nice job, but Coastal Carolina has to go up against one of the best running backs that we have seen, most productive running backs we have seen in college football this year. Georgia State rolls out Destin Coates. The kid has gone over 100 every single game that he's played this year. Went for 150 against Louisiana Lafayette that limited Bryce Hall to, I think, just over 100 yards. So you're about to ring that bell. Didn't even get my prediction in, but get all right. It. No, you got to get it in. No, I'm taking Georgia State, 27-24. Georgia State. He's yeah, got Georgia, Georgia State. State. They get after the quarterback. They Upset love alert. quarterbacks. Upset alert. You know, it's interesting because you talked about Georgia State. They have scored 30 points. The Panthers have scored 30 points in every game this season. You talked about their running back, their quarterback, Cornelius Brown, the fourth CB4, as he's known around here. Second in total offense in the Sun Belt with 275.8 yards per game trailing only McCall Grayson McCall I you know hey sorry Fred I know that like Fred is the upperclassman here sorry Fred but without McCall Coastal Carolina needs McCall to win this game they their coach said he may play he it's unclear until the end of the week whether or not he's going to play if he plays they win if he does not play and it's Freddie's game they lose I've got 34 to 28 the final score of this game Coastal Carolina's favor if McCall plays. Georgia Georgia State's favor if McCall does not play. All right, I'm taking Georgia State either way. Wait, wait until the end of the week to place any yeah, bet on this game. Keep an eye on that. If you're betting on Coastal Carolina and Georgia State, <laughs> I got another couple you got, phone numbers you, you should problems. maybe call. Yeah. <laughs> Western Kentucky. Speaking of problems, Western Kentucky, BYU. Uh, look, hey. Here's the thing about this game, Kevin. The last time I made fun of a mascot, Tulsa went out and beat UCF. But seriously, what is the Western Kentucky thing? I actually, amidst my travels in this game, Mm -hmm. I tried to do a deep dive into this game, and I ended up with looking into what that red thing is. So it is a – their their name is the Hilltoppers. And it is a – let me get this straight – a – Red furry being created by Ralph Carey in 1979 that is meant to symbolize the spirit of Western Kentucky students and alumni. You had to look As, that up? Yeah. What, are you new? I mean, come on. Seriously, like, what? how does a red thing that looks like a, a, a gumdrop represent your school spirit? And then, oddly enough, like... Who am I to judge? 
some media company in Italy copied the thing, and now there's been this lawsuit since 1991. There's been this trademark lawsuit going on in Milan, Italy, between the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and some media group in Italy. Okay. The, the Italian thing's name is Gabibo. Gabibo. I'll take your word for it. the Hilltopper. So I, I don't know who's going to win Gabibo versus the Hilltopper, but Zach Wilson has been remarkable this year. He has kicked down the door to that Heisman invite party. He is, he is looking to enter that. He has entered himself into the conversation of a first-round draft pick at quarterback. He's got that athleticism, that accuracy. He's almost 80% on the season. He's not a huge guy, but he's big enough for the NFL scouts these days and what they're looking for a quarterback. It's, it's just remarkable what he's done. 28-and-a-half-point favorites. Look, this is, is this going to be a game? No. No. It's not going to be a game. But it's the 10 o'clock helping of Halloween football. So just tune in and, and, and check out Wilson. He's appointment viewing. That's what I would say about this game. BYU is going to win. They're going to cover. But tune in. Maybe you'll get a look at not Gabibo, but the Hilltopper thing. Take a look at Zach Wilson because he's worth watching. And we're not going to have that many more opportunities to watch him before he's off to the NFL and you're talking about him in that NFL combine type sense. This kid's the real deal. Check him out. BYU wins, covers 48-14. If a lawsuit's been going on since 91, I'm pretty sure, to answer your question, who's winning, the attorneys for both of those sides are winning. Right, gone back and forth. Like, so, the one side no, man, wins. We got it. Sorry, man, we got to The one side going. wins, and then it's appealed, yeah. and then it goes back. Yeah. So and then I it's think appealed, we know who's winning there. And it wins. It's I- I'm with you with BYU. You know, the people of Provo getting all pumped up that they now have this Heisman Trophy dude that is putting up amazing numbers. They're 6-0. and Western Kentucky. They're, I, I like Tyrone P. Piggy is my guy. I liked watching him at Maryland. He, If you just want a little story that's football-related with that program, the kid was benched, came back in last week <laughs> off the bench. Football-related. I know. But I, that's a cool story that you're benched, you're a transfer at your last year, and then you came back in, lead the team to a win. Great story there. But BYU and Zach Wilson, he's not turning the ball over. He's putting up fantastic numbers. His connection with Dax Milne, who's actually put on the Bednarik watch list now. So a lot of guys being dropped as the season goes on. Here's a wide receiver coming on it because of the numbers he's putting up. BYU blows them out. If you're going to want to watch Zach Wilson – Great point, but watch him early right. in this game. So 10 to 11 p.m., tune in and watch him. Right. BYU wins big. Right. I, it, fantastic point about their wide receiver, too. Him and Zach Wilson. Just out of nowhere, guys on on the radar. No. When you watch the on Navy the game now. again, you're like, is this team for real or is Navy that bad? But BYU, they lived up to it. So speaking of Navy, Navy's our next game. Navy at SMU. Okay. SMU is 14.5-point favorites. I went first last time. You go first this time. Henny, what do you got? Unfortunately for Navy, you don't have the defense that Luke Fickle and Cincinnati had to stop SMU last week. This is a get-right game for Sonny Dykes and his squad. I want to see him start with the run. Run at Navy. Let's see Bentley, who now has to be the man in that running back room. So you lost your starter. Is that UB4? Bentley has to be the guy. Yep, UB the fourth. Ulysses Bentley the fourth. You have to say his whole name, I think. He deserves 
yeah. the full name with that type of name. Either UB4 or Ulysses Bentley the fourth. You yeah. can't just say Bentley. Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Let's get that guy rolling. Let's see what he can do. Navy's just not going to be able to to keep up with them. What I thought was cool, Navy last week passed for over 200 yards. Navy never does that. It's been a couple of years, I think, since they've done that. So that's interesting to see, but it's not going to be enough. SMU gets back on track against Navy. Most people have been getting things right when they've been able to play yeah. Navy. So SMU easily, this 14.5 to me, I don't think is enough. SMU blows out Navy. I agree. SMU blows out Navy. Bouchel was bottled up by Cincinnati. Hot take. Ooh. Talked about it the last time. Cincinnati may be the best secondary in the country. Go and check out their game against Memphis. If you didn't watch the SMU game, if you haven't seen those dudes play, literally maybe the best secondary in the country, and that's talking about some very good secondaries in the SEC. Look, Bouchard clearly misses Robertson, but he has enough weapons without him to beat Navy. I can't recall a Navy team struggling this much in the past. Maybe you know, I gave the Patron Jinx the mush treatment, so now I'm trying to reverse the curse by kick, okay. by picking against them, right? Because I just love Navy that much that I'm going to pick against them. You know, SMU doesn't stop anyone. We saw Desmond Ritter go for 90 yards. Does that after make you puking, nervous in this game? For after SMU? puking all over the field, SMU can't stop the run. Navy's gonna try but to run look, the ball down your throat. I here's the thing: is I think SMU. I have SMU. If SMU plays Houston tomorrow, I'm taking SMU. SMU is the better team than Houston. I see this as a similar game to that Houston Navy matchup that we saw last week which Houston won 37 to 21, except SMU is better than Houston. SMU wins 42-24. Why 45-19? But I'm with you with a blowout. 45-19, that's, yep. that's a cool score. Yeah, I thought I wonder, Navy probably gets a wacky. Like, I wonder how they get there. I don't know. I thought Navy <laughs> just, they miss an extra point? I'm just curious as to how they get there. I don't know. All right, Henny. Stay with the military academies for a minute. Stay, stay with the military academies. The military academies are getting not much love. Air Force is a 14-point underdog mm-hmm. to Boise State. I go first this time, I guess. The Broncos, you know, look, hey, they looked mid. We hadn't seen them. We we put them on this hot routes because we got to introduce them and, and get them back in in people's minds because this Boise State, I don't think people realize how big this Boise State uh, um, BYU game yeah, is coming. going to be Winter is coming. coming down coming down the pipe here because look George Helani right? George Helani is a sophomore running back that that people may have forgotten about or never uh, heard of Hank Bachmeyer is a sophomore quarterback who ended up getting injured last year but beat Florida State at the beginning of the year came across State. the country to Tallahassee to beat Florida State last year he had a strong season until he got injured these are two kids in a young Broncos team that can play and you you just have to tune in here something tells me Boise doesn't cover in this game Air Force does just enough they do some funky stuff there no I have Boise winning it's 34 21 it's kind of one of those weird games you know how you said Henny that that sometimes a a 14 point game or a 12 and a half point spread is is a closer game than you thought. Right. I have this like 34-21 game being a, a 
more out of hand game than just their never team in points. doubt. I just think that this is never in doubt, but right. Boise State just never runs away with it. That's 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 really not their squad. That's not how they play. They're gonna rely on Halani after they get up. They're still just in their second week of the season. Boise State wins handily. Looks impressive doing it, but doesn't cover that 14 point spread. I think Boise State blows them out. This is not a trap game. They are building towards BYU. It actually couldn't have gone better for Boise State because you're starting late, but BYU is gonna be seven and zero. They're right. gonna be. Not. It's not a trap. So not. if you can do a remix where it's not, not, not a trap game at all for Boise State. They get things rolling because their Super Bowl is, I think it's next Friday. I think it's a Friday night game with BYU. BYU will be 7-0, and a top 7-8-ish team in the country, and Boise gets to play them. You mentioned Bachmeyer. You mentioned the running back, Kalani, but they also have Khalil Shaker, who in their first game, Seven catches, 120-plus yards, a couple touchdowns. So they have their big three. Air Force lost to San Jose State. San Jose State has won four conference games in the last three years, and we're looking around surprised at the end, like, oh, my gosh, we just won a conference game. I think Boise State (laughs) – Taking pictures of the scoreboard at halftime. Just like, wait, it's over? (laughs) That's our score? Um, Weird. Boise State wins this game 37-10, to and when you come to our six-pack of games next week – Boise State, BYU is going to be right in that top oh, six. 100%. So 100%. this is just a build-up, introducing I, some main characters. I still think that my rule should be in play. Like, Boise State, BYU, Pac-12. Like, these guys should play. Like, this extra bonus game. The Pac-12 hasn't earned to be in this conversation. Should play some extra bonus game. Yeah, but, like, Pac-12 BYU. Pac-12 no part of Boise or BYU. BYU should be like, yeah. We we want to get in the championship. We want in for the CFP. You know, th- we'll we'll play. I think Nebraska the, should do that if their game gets we'll, canceled. We'll this play week. the Pac-12 champion. They should just schedule whoever's off. Let's look and see who's off. In Nebraska, if their game gets canceled, just play somebody. Boise should just cancel the Air Force. Just game. play BYU if you're BYU. <laughs> heck yeah. BYU just you want to get in the mix. They just can't. BYU just can't. Eh, we're not gonna play, play those Western guys Kentucky anymore. Friday yeah. and go play Nebraska Saturday. <laughs> Double up. Five. All right, 37 to 10, I had that game. Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, right here. That's why I want to talk about that. Dan, I don't know what to say about this game right now. That, it, it, I mean, it could be canceled. We could be saying nothing about nothing. Graham Mertz, I was looking forward to his encore, but he and his backup, Chase Wolf, because apparently Kentucky or uh, Wisconsin does nothing but recruit dudes at quarterback with awesome names. So they have Graham Mertz. Jack Cohn, Chase Wolf, and then this dude who's going to play, fourth string quarterback, Danny Vandenboom. I have Wolf's howling in the background for you. <laughs> for Chase Wolf? I mean, you got that all loaded up or are you No, I just you, popped it. You my popped head. it out that quickly. Yeah, I was okay. just ready. Good. I don't have a Vandenboom sound. Doesn't effect. even sound like wolves. Dude, I'm looking at the video. Those are real wolves. <laughs> I don't know how some of you are close enough. Anyways, go ahead. You were saying? What? <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about Danny but, Vandenboom? But, I mean, what do you got here? I mean, what do you have with Wisconsin? I, I, you know, like you're replacing basically like the entire wide receiving core. Your your do everything running back is gone. You bring in Graham Mertz, who looks like he's going to be your best quarterback since Russell Wilson, and then. I, I, I don't know. He goes out and, and 
parties on Friday night after they win and and gets whoa, COVID. Whoa, 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 I mean, whoa. like you can't throw out those. Okay, well, so something happens where he ends up getting COVID. And by the way, I mean, you brought it up. How whoa, the whoa, heck? Whoa. How the heck <laughs> that can be reported? I have no clue. You're the lawyer here, and and, and I'm with you on that. I've got issues. The 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 HIPAA concerns here so for, for the HIPAA. for the national media people i have no idea how that Mertz works. shouldn't play again dan Mertz, he, what he put on film against illinois he is a true freshman. just don't play dude what do you have no, he's not a true okay freshman. so he's a freshman though, so but he's got to, freshman. he'd have to play so one more year after this year if you are him you saw like jamar chase opt out with what he did graham Mertz can't have a better game in college than he had friday night so are you telling me so that I Graham am telling Mertz... you declare for the 2022 draft right now. You are That's a Seinfeld my... fan. That's such a Seinfeld move. Isn't that like but the John, George Costanza tells John, one joke and just walks out? Yes, I'm out. out. Leave I'm on out. top. That's a great I, I'm I wish I thought of the George Costanza. I would have that queued up. I'm like, we're gonna have to restart this episode and do that. <laughs> I'm out! Patron. Why Graham Mertz? So you can talk about the game all you want, and Nebraska ran the ball well. No one ran that well against Ohio State all of last year, so that's great. Nebraska is going to beat Wisconsin, in my opinion, with the wacky quarterback situation they're going to be in. But I just want to tell Graham Mertz right now: declare for the 2022 draft. You have dudes declaring for the draft all the time, so right now, opt out. I'll see you in the draft. You put it on film. Don't do the combine. Don't. Do a pro day, do nothing, and just let people sit there and think, is he? Think on your your 20 for 21 with a drop. Show me someone with a better resume if you're Graham Mertz. So if he, I know he listens. Speaking of resumes, I mean, have you seen, have you seen Danny Vandenboom's resume? I mean, I went down a rabbit hole with Danny Vandenboom and started watching like high school film of this kid. Do you know that he won two Wisconsin? State of Wisconsin, double A championships, state yes. championships yeah, in high school. I didn't do a deep dive. I, I mean, it, 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 his, his stuff is good. I mean, he's a big kid. He could throw the ball. He's got a nice arm. You know, next man up, throw it to Jake Ferguson. There's a tight end. There's a tight end you can lean on. You turn around, hand it to. Hand who, it to who is uh, Jake Ferguson's grandfather? Uh, you tell me. Barry Alvarez. Is it really? Yep. Well, that's that's just not nepotism because that Ferguson kid. Can I know, play. I'm with you. That Ferguson kid can play. I was confused. His picture Two, on the roster is him and Barry Alvarez, and I was like, "That's weird." Two-headed backfield, and like you got Nakia Watson and that Garrett Groshick kid. I mean, who's going to play quarterback this weekend? Right, Groshick was a high school quarterback. He's going to be playing a lot of quarterback. I think both of those dudes can play. So I mean, like I because I went down that rabbit hole. I'm gonna. I, I'm I'm all over. I'm I'm huge. I'm a huge Danny Vanden Book fan. Uh, he's he's my new he's my new guy. Vanden Boom. Dan loves Vanden him so Boom. much. Vanden Boom. Oh, I misprint. <laughs> <laughs> they win. Autocorrect was like, no, no, no. That that kid's not playing, is he? Think you mean Ian Book? They no, win. no, no. Vanden Boom. <laughs> no, 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 Vanden Boom. They win and they cover. Look for defensive end. You know your boy. You you got your boy on Wisconsin. Louder milk making oh, yeah, I do making like noise over there. Yeah. Linebacker, linebacker, look for Sanborn to to make some noise over there for Wisconsin. Yes, they lost Chris Orr and Zach Bond, but those are the two guys that are sort of making up for those losses. Look for them to have a big day on defense to contain Adrian Martinez, Danny Vanden Boom, 
does just enough to get the W. And I'll take the cover. I and then boom goes the dynamite. I'll take the cover. Boom goes say. the dynamite. The, that's Wisconsin's defense is going to have to play lights out in this game because I don't know how that offense with a kid who's been taking third or fourth. You're probably getting no reps in your own system as a third or fourth string quarterback. I think the running game Danny for Nebraska. Danny Boom doesn't need reps. He, that's Come true. On. He definitely doesn't need them, and the Just Wisconsin me. coaches agreed with you. <laughs> Nebraska's running game is going to be – just good enough. It's cool how they're playing two quarterbacks and McCaffrey's playing wide receiver running back. That's pretty fun to watch. I am taking Casey Nebraska. Rogers. Casey Rogers on the edge, the living Casey right Rogers. behind us. Yep. Lives right behind us. Local product from the West Hill area on that D line. I'm taking Nebraska to nice win job, this Dino. Game. Yep. Probably should have recruited him. Yikes. All right. So I have Nebraska. You have Wisconsin. A difference there. We'll see. Georgia, Kentucky. Mm, okay. Coming. Yep. Georgia is at Kentucky. They are 14 and a half point favorites. Henny. Patron. Talk to me. So we're going to, this game, uh, Georgia's going to win the game. But the question I, I wonder, I haven't done enough homework, I guess. So Stetson Bennett's going to be the quarterback here. It's got to be JTD time well, at that, some well, point, I'm wondering, right? is he banged up? That's what I don't know about. They're talking about whether or not he's mobile enough. Like, is he mobile enough to, like, slide around in the pocket, move around in the pocket? Which is pretty concerning i mean if you're saying is he so don't mobile rush him enough back. to be safe i mean like what i wouldn't rush him back then if you're like this kid can play with us i guess you're not going to rush him back this is not a concern for georgia so you don't force it against kentucky kentucky had 145 yards of total offense against missouri alabama against georgia had two wide receivers go over 145 like the offenses that georgia has seen have had highly skilled players kentucky doesn't have that I'd like to see Joey Gatewood maybe get a chance here with yeah, Kentucky to see Yeah, is this the game that happens. we see him? Is this the I game I can see we him see starting him. and playing more, but I Georgia smashes starting. him. I think they, stay, they have Terry Wilson playing. Yeah, but then they bench Terry Wilson for Gatewood in their last game. So do you give Gatewood the reins here and say, you get to see what happens? If, if you're him, you're like, oh, thanks. I get to go up against Georgia. And that's the second. I think Georgia has the best secondary in the country. This would be a tough spot to be. Georgia smashes Kentucky. Stetson Bennett will be fine in this game. I'm not concerned about Georgia here. Easily they win. I've got another one like Boise State where it's just always in hand. But Kentucky with a decent rushing attack, a decent rushing defense. It, it, it's it hung over Georgia. It just feels like a cover. 14 and a half points. So it, it, it Georgia's not a super explosive team. They're sort of that methodical, plotting, just run it down your throat kind of team. And Kentucky is, if they do anything, they're decent at least a, a, as a rushing defense. I've got UGA winning, never in doubt, but they don't cover by a half a point. They win 24-10 to 10 and fail to cover by a half a point. I've got Georgia covering this game. I think the Georgia running backs can do what they need to do. Bennett doesn't have to do a lot. I'm concerned about the Georgia wide receivers. So if they get a chance to play in some big games down the stretch, they're going to need to be able to throw the ball as well as run it. But this is not the weekend where they have to do that. Georgia covers, wins big. Henny. Next. Notre Dame. Next. Notre Dame is at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a 20-point underdog. To me, that's not enough. Last week, I had Notre Dame as a potential upset alert. 
against Pitt. I, I texted you. I know that it wasn't even a game that we talked about. I don't think was it. What did we, we talk? We probably about? snuck it in. We there, snuck but... it in there. Sneak it in there somewhere. But at the end of the day, I you know I said, look, this is a sneaky game. This is a game where if Pitt, if if Notre Dame's not fully awake, Pitt could give them some trouble, up to and including maybe even upsetting them. It was not that at all. Nope. Notre Dame looked fantastic. wiping the floor with Pitt. Ian Book finally looked great. The wide receivers made some plays. We've seen what their defense can do. We've seen what those running backs can do. This is another walk. I still like freshman Georgia Tech freshman quarterback Jeff Sims, but he still has some growing to do. He turns the ball over and forces things too much. You can't do that against Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins this one big. 42 to 13. Yeah, I have a I have a pretty similar score. I've got 37-14. This is the experience of Notre Dame versus the young guys. You mentioned Sims. He's completing 55% of his passes, has more interception than touchdowns. He is a young guy forced into this conference only type schedule or what they also had to play UCF. So that's a tough season to just walk in and not really have any type of opportunity to play some cupcakes and get into things. Notre Dame, I feel like I'm disrespecting Notre Dame a little bit. Um, and I was watching them play. Yeah, Pitt. you are. Like, I just feel like they're a top <laughs> five team with all these rankings, and they just haven't been a big part of our conversation. We're waiting for Book to do more. He did it. They are huge. Those well, they receivers haven't been are a huge. big part. Well, they, they like their Chase Claypool type wide receiver, but they haven't been a big part of our conversation because their schedule has been so bad to date. Then they had the COVID thing where they didn't play for a little while but they're i mean what exciting game has Notre dame played they just want to win that's all they're trying to do they, they know it, that they're all their eggs are in the november 7th man the, next week okay that november 7th game so this <laughs> notre dame's job which would make me look the 20 points is interesting because if you're notre dame your only thing you're thinking of is just win get out, get to Clemson. I think they cover. They win this game. They're much better than Georgia Tech. Their receivers are big. They're figuring things out. Then they had that kid 11, Skorinek. That was where I was like, I've never even heard of this dude. Yeah. And I'm watching that game, and he had two – I think he had two catches for over 100 yards. But I was like, who is this kid? He, yeah, was, I thought, he was huge. He I didn't thought even the, look like a receiver. I thought the Claypool kid was back in school. You I did? Thought, I thought they just, look closer, Dan. I thought they just brought the Chase Claypool kid back to school. The, the size – Right. And the athleticism and just and that freshman tight end. You're like, good. is that dude a wide receiver? Is what what is going on there? All right. What is what what is going on there? So big wide receivers, they threw it up. The running game, they they have love is it. Fantastic. But that's the way that's the way that they play. It's it's like the Georgia wide receivers. They're the same dudes every year. Georgia always has like those skinny, fast, lengthy wide receivers. That's the guys that they always go with. And Notre Dame goes with like these. He's Thick. just monsters. Yeah, like they they get a fast tight end and throw him out on the and on the Cole out Kmet. wide. Yep. And Michael Mayers, Georgia Tech, 100%. not gonna be able to. BC ran all over Georgia Tech. Notre Dame does the same thing. You watch Williams and if Tyree plays, same kind of thing. Notre Dame, I think, covers this game. Hundred percent. Kevin, let Dan. me pull our second Montauk Brewing Company out of the. It's in the Fire Island Bicycle Company on deck circle. Just Batter sitting up. there, staying cold. I was in the keeping beer, an eye on the baseball in the beer sleeve. It was the eighth inning. Dan. Arkansas, what is what is the score? Three one Dodgers, top nine. Eesh. Should probably take a break and turn it on. Dodgers about to win the World Series. Arkansas at 
Texas A&M. Yep. Sam Pittman Field, man. Like they're they're about to they're about to rename it already. They'll rename the school if he keeps the school on the trajectory that keeps this team on the trajectory that he has. Jerry Jones, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, look, this dude is I mean, he's he's on pace or on point for SEC coach of the year right now. I mean, he's got to be. This is a terrible team. It's a terrible program they were. for years. Yes. They should be 3 and 1. You know, it, it, yeah, that Auburn ending, they got hosed, man. You have, you know, again, hot oh, By take. the way, baseball game is final. 3-1 Dodgers. World Dodgers Series the World Series. You heard it here first. Yes. Breaking news. <laughs> when you're listening to this Friday morning, breaking news. Breaking Dodgers news. have won the World Series. Yeah. Mookie Betts, World <laughs> Series MVP. That's just a guess. That could, could be true, though. Uh, you know, like, look, I, I, Sam Pittman's done a great job. And when I look at this game... You you gotta like what Arkansas has done has done, but you've gotta like where Texas A and M is right now, Henny. Yep. Talk to me about Texas A and M in Arkansas. You While mentioned I Sam Pittman just Field. Get Un- this Montauk Brewing Company out of the Fire Island Bicycle Company on deck circle. This game is not at home for Arkansas, so Sam Pittman Field it's at Texas A and M, so that hurts him. I'm saying they'll rename here. the field. Oh, that's yeah, that's what I mean. So if it was at home, maybe. But this is the Southwest Classic that Probably we have name their field. All right, Southwest Classic coming at you here. Um, Texas A&M, so you have your loss to Alabama. But they have – they're going to be favored in every single game they play the rest of the year. When you look at that schedule, they will be favored. So A&M just needs to handle their business. And then if a Big 12 team stumbles – if Cincinnati stumbles, who See knows? You're going here. You know what? I, like so, if you're A and M, you they've been impressive. They're gonna have 50 percent capacity at their stadium this weekend. So I think this is a season where that is a big advantage that programs are not ready for. So I'm interested to see how Franks and Arkansas handles that situation. Hats off to what Pittman's done. Arkansas won zero games the two years before Pittman showed up. In the SEC, they've already won two this year, so they're ahead of schedule. Yeah, transfer quarterback. Oh, which Felipe is awesome. Franks was such a huge get. Yep. I mean, he's so solid for this program. Provides leadership, big game experience. Not to mention a skill set at the quarterback position that they haven't had at Arkansas in quite some time. He's got the D flying around. He's got a dude named Bumper Pool on the yep. all name team. We talked about Bumper flying Pool. around. They had six interceptions against Matt Corral. Man, that they've been- six picks. Yo, did you um, take a look at what they did against Alabama? Is what they did against Old Miss compared to what Alabama did against Old Miss? Alabama gave up forty-eight points, six hundred and forty-seven yards. They gave up. Arkansas gave up twenty-one points and four hundred and forty-two yards. Picked the dude so, off six times and picked him off six times. That's crazy. So, you know, I, if Arkansas finds a way to pick off Kellen Mond six times. They're going to at least cover. So they might even if win. Arkansas has six interceptions, you taking Arkansas? It's, it, it's the, the SATs. If, like, if X, then Y. It, I, Kellen Mond's playing, playing fantastic and they're football. they're protecting him really he's well. He's playing as well as he's been playing. I've been on the Kellen Mond train for a while now. I'm going to stay on it. They're going to win. They're going to cover. An 11.5-point spread, which is big. But they are going to win 35 to 20. 
I was a similar score there. They do cover. Isaiah Spiller is the difference maker for Texas oh, a That kid looks good, too. That dude good leads point. the SEC in yards per carry. Good He's point. averaging almost seven yards per carry. He's going to be the difference for them. They covered the 11.5. Arkansas is a great story, but Texas A&M is at a different level. They're one of the best teams in the SEC. What happens with them? It's a little bit out of their control because they need some things ahead of them to happen to get two teams. That's a from great. That no, they but. don't though. It's a great point with the college football playoff. It, it just just a quick aside on that when you talk about that, Florida losing before they play Georgia is actually, you know, that's 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 what you needed because Kevin. Now you have, now you have Florida with a loss. Georgia lost to Alabama. Georgia with a loss, right? So one of them, so so they play each other. One of them obviously loses. Hey, brain surgery. So now they have two losses. Let's say it's Georgia loses to Florida. So now Georgia has two losses. Florida goes ahead and loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. Now they have two losses. That's what I'm saying. They need teams to lose for the things to happen. But they're going to lose. Right. You know, like one of those teams, one of Georgia and Florida will definitely have two losses. They play each other. They need Oklahoma State and Cincinnati to get out of the way. You need uh, Notre Dame and Clemson to figure out a one-team situation there. So that's like – Okay. But if you're A&M – That's fair. But you're in the mix. You're sitting there as easily in the mix for that second SEC team to make it. You have as good a chance because you don't have to. They don't have to play in the SEC championship game. No, it's not an ACC one versus two. So you're looking at you're sitting there at the end of the day nine and one. Yeah, and your one loss is to maybe the best team in and, the country. And one could argue that their game against Alabama was as good a performance as Georgia's game against Alabama. Georgia was up at the half, but. Texas A&M sort of went back and forth with Alabama for a little while and looked offensively able to be right there with them. Had a couple things not go their way that that game ended up sort of getting out of hand. Right. UNC UVA. Ooh. This is, I think this is 8 p.m. Saturday night. Does it have a name? It's got to have a name. Ah, look that up. All right. You go ahead. I'm looking up whether or not this has a name. You're – this is a two TV night. You're sitting around Saturday night, Halloween. I've got the kids there. I'm going to be obviously watching Penn State, Ohio State, but you also UNC. Better NBA. have two TVs. UNC. Kinder, is this on? Two TVs, dude. I know I'll have two TVs on Cleveland Three. Road. So, uh, and my yeah, I'm either going to Henny's or you're having two TVs, Kinder. Uh, does anybody have a better running back duo in the country than North Carolina? That's the question I want to ask. You can talk about like potential, and oh, this recruit was big. But production-wise, not potential, production-wise, the running backs that North Carolina rolls out with Javante Williams and Michael Carter are, I think, as good as a duo as anybody has with kids that are actually playing and not just potential. You don't need – Sam Howell can almost play the role of game manager with how good those running backs are, and Sam Howell is much better than a game manager. So I'm not saying he's that, but he doesn't have to win the game for your team. Those two running backs are outstanding. Then you have a solid quarterback, talented receivers. North Carolina, I just love what I see from this offense. And UVA is a team, if you haven't watched them yet, they've got a quarterback with Brennan Armstrong that you need to watch. We knew when Bryce Perkins left 
that he was going to be impossible to replace. That is like a all-timer college quarterback. And thinking about Perkins and what I see from Armstrong is a Syracuse fan. Reminds me of Dungy. Eric Dungy. This kid, he's smaller than Eric Dungy, but he's a sophomore. He's the captain of the team. They feed off this dude. So UNC is more talented, but Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback for UVA, they ask him to do everything for them. I was watching the Miami game, finding my, I'm a Miami fan, but I started rooting for UVA. I wanted to see Armstrong be a kid throughout the season that gets in the mix, that has some of these opportunities, like a primetime game yep. against North oh, Carolina. Oh, I've been impressed with him and that, like the young Megatron kid that they have over there. The best there kept at, secret in college football, Lavelle Davis. Yeah, seriously. That kid looks like Megatron. It's crazy. Uh, so UNC is going to win this game, but this is it, it shows the talent that is in the ACC, and I like the quarterback for UVA. He's just a competitor. He's tough. Just remind He's a not super talented team but he wills his team to stay in games north carolina pulls it out here i'm not yeah. sure what the spread is uh um, six and a half on this game I, north carolina winning by a touchdown i'd be fine with that but yeah. that will be an entertaining game for you saturday night to just keep an eye on i think that this game will be close but like you said it i like armstrong i like davis it just just not enough pieces in that virginia team Ooh, la, pa, 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 I, they need a little bit they need a little bit more just consistency with their recruiting to fill in the depth that they have over there at that program. Really, I mean, if you think about it, they were an also ran, like a laughing stock, not that long ago. So they're they're really working with these guys that just started the program, just started bringing it back to relevance. They're not to prominence yet; they're to relevance. Uh, UNC, you bring up a good point, and I don't know how UNC got from, from you know, to relevance to prominence so quickly from their Larry Fedora days. It might speak to just Larry Fedora not being able to coach talent because Mac Brown came in, and these guys are good. I mean, you spoke to the running game. You talked about a North Carolina team where you barely even talked about Sam Howell, Daz Newsom, Dakami Brown. Like you'd even talk about some of these guys. The running backs are that good. And, and and so when you're looking at the offense, yeah, the defense is the problem. But North Carolina is good enough to beat this UVA team by a touchdown or more. They're going to beat this UVA team by, by a touchdown or more. But I agree with you, Henny. This is an entertaining game to watch. And this game is also the South's oldest rivalry. Not not to be confused with the Deep South's oldest rivalry, right. which is Auburn versus Georgia. Yeah. But this game is referred to as the South's oldest rivalry. I okay. knew it had to have a name. All right. knew it had a and name. And Charlottesville is beautiful. This would be an also a great game to go to. If we were allowed to travel, UNC yeah. in Charlottesville, I'd love to be there. Well, that's my campfire question, right? You could go play Division One sports at any college. Where do you go? UVA. For football? You go to UVA? I, I, whatever sport, that's where I'd go to UV. I, that's okay. where I'd go play Division One sport. Baseball. Maybe playing, we need to get Pac Mac and on play, the show to discuss uh, UVA. Athletics. Imagine playing baseball at UVA. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, USC's got to be up there, but like, I mean, there's a lot. City, there's know. a lot of schools that would be up there, but UVA. Because I'm not a big city guy. I'm You're like missing a, a big one. I'm a college town. You'd guy. play lacrosse in Geneseo, New York. Right. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, yeah, yeah maybe floor hockey at Oswego. Right. There's some broom ball in Oswego. <laughs> Kevin, Indiana at Rutgers. All right. The Fighting Shianos mm -hmm. are 11 and a half point dogs. 
This line is at way home off. against Indiana. How how so? Well, I it's I think the Rutgers win over Michigan State. We talked about if you listen to the last episode or next episode, like, however you're listening to this. Rutgers, they did seven turnovers. Everything went their way. So, yes, give them credit. Maybe they caused some of them. That means I would have watched a lot of Rutgers, Michigan State to be able to give you that analysis. I didn't, like all the rest of you. <laughs> Indiana is better than Rutgers. They'll win this game by more than 11.5 points. But I am not buying Indiana as a team that's better than Penn State, that's a top 15-ish team right now. They struggled to do anything offensively. Yes, they had Penix. Those plays he made were legendary plays down the stretch, that dive. It's why we love college football because why would you have a camera guy on the goal line? That doesn't make sense to be able to get a clear replay. No, it's way better for college football to have controversy and we're trying to look at a bunch of different angles. I loved it. I love the chaos. Everybody's mad, whatever. Yeah, He was in. I thought he was in. We couldn't tell. We'll go with that call on the field. I think you couldn't really tell when the ball hit out. But you, it's a backyard football play to me. You give it to him no matter what. Even if he was absolutely out of bounds, you give it to <laughs> yeah, him. You, right? go. you go, that counts. That was awesome. You deserve to win Close that enough. game. Indiana is a good team. They're not a great team. I still think Penn State is better. But against Rutgers, Greg Schiano, Indiana handles this team. I think they beat this team easily. Rutgers is not very good. It's nice you got your one win. But wait till Illinois or Maryland to get your second yep. win. See, what's interesting? What's interesting here, Henny, is is. Oh, and I'm sorry. Did you have a score? I don't have a score. They win in cover. My notes were blank. Okay. Uh, Indiana wins and covers. Yes. Uh, see, what's, what I think is interesting here, Henny, is that I I agree with you with what you said about Rutgers not being as good as, as sort of that win against Michigan State. I understand what you're saying about Indiana versus Penn State, but when I take a look at that Indiana Penn State, I, I, it's a little bit different for me because Indiana beat Penn State, and quarterback Michael Penix, to your point, didn't even have a good game. We've seen that guy play; he's good. He's yeah. going to have good games. You know, we've seen Scott play; he's good. He's yes. going to have good games. Yeah. Same with you those know, receivers. Whoop Filer. Yep. He's good. He's going to have good games. So it, the scary thought for me is that this kid is capable of taking over a game, and they go and they beat Penn State. And, and I know that the two-point conversion was amazing, but Penix was bad. You're right. It wasn't even just, like, not that good. He was bad. He went under 50%, under 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not a good game. No, it's not. That's not a good game. And they still win. He gets on track this week. Stevie Scott gets on track this week. They blow Rutgers out 38-10. Yeah, I think they handle they handle Rutgers. And let's see what Indiana gets an opportunity to play some of these other teams down the stretch. So we'll see what they have. But I'm with you. Indiana blows out Rutgers. Okay, we are now to the point of the program where we have the final two games that are shockingly not in the big game six-pack. Mississippi State at Alabama. Last saw or last thought of Mississippi State, we were impressed that they beat LSU in the opener. Was that this year? And then... Yeah, what happened? Mike Leach happened. Look, I... Here's why Graham Mertz, you know, if like KJ Costello, Costello. should have listened, if yes. Gra- Graham Mertz needs to look at <laughs> what happened to, to KJ Costello, man, I'm, we're on the same wavelength, Andy, right? If you're KJ Costello, <laughs> Just call it a day, man. 
Graham Mertz should look at that and go, I'm out. Yeah. And Judge Costanza, leave on top. I'm out. The Kylan Hill thing is really unfortunate. Like, that bums me out as a college football fan. You had one of the best running backs in the SEC coming back, and now that dude gets suspended for whatever reason, opts out, turns pro. Are you listening, Graham Mertz? Mm-hmm. So that happens with him. Mississippi, didn't they have to bench Costello? Didn't they like bench him in their last game? He's thrown like 40 interceptions right. on the season. I mean, even the game they won against LSU, I think he had two, three. So this is just blown up in the face of the Pirate and all this stuff. It was really fun the first week to be like, oh, imagine that this is like LSU again. They're going to throw yeah. the ball around. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I want to see who shows up for Alabama wide receiver because you know they're loaded. Whoever is going to step in. The Waddle injury sucks, Dan. Like, as it, like it made me angry. I like watching college football uh, more than yeah. any other sport. I hate that. And yeah. I didn't see the start of that game. I wasn't watching the beginning of that game. And all of a sudden you're seeing that that dude broke his ankle or whatever it was and he's done for the year. I, I Even if you were an Alabama fan, you want to watch Jalen Waddle play. Because that dude should be playing on Sundays right now. He's that good. He'd be starting at wide receiver for NFL teams. Yeah. And now that, that gets taken away from us for the rest of you, don't get to see that kid perform and maybe gets all these accolades, wins a national championship. So that stinks. But you know that Alabama's got to have some guys. Yeah. I mean, they got to show up. They, they, you've already seen what Michi can do. Yep. Obviously, we know that they have Devontae Smith. And then they bring in, who's the kid they brought in? Slade Bolden. Slade Bolden. All name, all name team candidate, Slade Bolden. And, and he looked he looked impressive. You know, Alabama goes with the next man up. Saban's a machine. COVID can't even keep that dude down. Yeah, I mean, the what we thought would be sort of at the beginning of the year after week one, we said, hey, maybe this is, will be kind of interesting. Yeah. It's not going to be kind of interesting. No. Nope. This is a blowout. This is this is a mercy rule like run the clock in the second half type game. Yeah. It's it's not good. This no. is not going to be good. Alabama wins and covers it. a thirty one point. It's a cover, lot, but it won't matter. Which you know I don't like thirty plus covers. Power five versus power five. They cover. It's a cover. Mississippi State scored thirty points total in their last three games. So they're not going to be able to keep up. This is a blowout. And we're going to get to see these wide receivers. Javon Baker is a kid that's making a lot of noise at Alabama. So as you tune in to see who's next, who's the next dude up, you've already talked about Michi. Javon Baker is a kid that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks as he steps into that role. Alabama, huge win in this game. Kevin. Last game. Also, shockingly not on the big six. Although I was conflicted, a- though, man. This is a huge game, man. This is this is actually a really big game. It is. Uh, it's it's LSU at Auburn. Auburn is a three point underdog. Right. Yep. You're did, right. Did I read that right? You're correct. Auburn is a three point underdog. This game almost exactly a year ago. Do you know what this game was? They played on uh, October 26, two thousand nineteen. It was a number two versus number nine. Number two versus number nine. It was a division, you know, SEC West divisional showdown, conference title, and college football playoff implications. I was all in on Bo Nix back then. And this year? This year, what is it? It's two teams hanging on to a slight sliver of relevance. You know, where, where do they go from here? But that also makes it a good game. You know, not everything has to be about the college football playoff. You're right. These are teams, you know, because college football exists beyond this year. 
You know, right. college football exists beyond next year. So this is this is two teams that really need to get a W, stay relevant, be at the top of the pack still, even if they're not going to win the SEC, even if they're not going to make the college football playoff. You know, is the Sugar Bowl there for you? Is the Citrus Bowl there for you where you go and you beat Wisconsin or something like that? You know, some of these bowls are still there for you. Some of these games are still there for you. Some of this exposure is still there for you. You lose this game, you fall into that category of teams that people don't even watch other than you and me. Right, we'll watch them. <laughs> we watch yeah. them all. But so this game's huge. I have LSU. They take the number eight ranked offense in the country. Still, you know, this is still the number eight ranked offense of the country. And that to me is the strongest single unit in this game. And that's the difference. When you take a look at this game, you go, you know, LSU, eighth ranked offense, 39th ranked defense, Auburn, 32nd ranked offense, 22nd ranked defense. And I've watched Auburn's defense play and I'm not all that impressed with that defense. He shouldn't be. But yeah. I've watched LSU's offense play, and I watched him play with T.J. Finley at the head, and I watched him play mm. with Miles Brennan at the head. Who you go, if they Brennan's healthy, where are you going? fine. Brennan's health, let's say Brennan's healthy this weekend. Where are you going with it? Who you I'd go with Brennan because that's the style of offense that they want to run, but I'm not unimpressed with T.J. Finley. No, I'll tell you that right. much. Max Johnson, if you want to transfer to Syracuse, we'll take you. We'll welcome you. Um, so I, I I that 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 is where I draw the line in this game. LSU's offense, the best unit in this game. That gets it done. They win. Uh give me 28-23. So that LSU unit better than Bo Nix's unit? Is that what you're telling me right now? Okay. Well, let's get into it a little bit. A lot of units. All right. LSU Auburn, you can talk about bowl games. This game matters to LSU and Auburn guys. Like that's what I love about. I felt the same way watching that. Let's take a look at this. Have it has a has a name. I'll look it up. When I looked at the watching the LSU South Carolina game this past week, I felt the same way. It was physical. It was intense. You could tell it mattered to these these guys here. What when before we get into the game? Because I started like you doing some deep dive into games. We need to talk about Terrace Marshall. You need to stop what you're doing and think about the production that Marshall has. Jamar Chase got all this attention last year. Terrace Marshall is on pace to be right there with the records Jamar Chase was setting in the SEC with a much small... uh, He's going to have a few games less than Chase did. So Terrace Marshall has nine touchdowns right now with five games to go we can start looking at this kid is can he catch jamar chase's 20 jamar chase put up 20 touchdowns last year to set the sec record so we're sitting there at about that halfway point he's got nine touchdowns so he need two per game did they count the balls for jamar chase jamar chase's entire season last year including the college football play everything was 20 touchdowns yeah, Terrence Marshall's definitely got a chance. Well, he doesn't get to play in the SEC championship. He doesn't get a college football playoff. He has his remaining five games to get there. And then a bowl game. And then a bowl game, if he chooses to play. So that'll be up in the air. So when you – because who knows. But when you, I just wanted to pay attention to this kid because the numbers he's putting up without Justin Jefferson and – you know, like when Jamar Chase had 
guys everywhere, and you had yeah. an NFL ready quarterback in without NFL, Jamar Chase, without Justin without Jackson, Clyde without, without the the fresh Prince of Bel Air. And I mean, we can talk about the fact that LSU runs the pick plays and the rub stuff to get the receivers open. That's uh, it works for them. LSU finally established a running game. We asked them, Ken, who's going to be a running back? They the two guys ran really well this past week, which is awesome. I love Seth Williams. The wide receiver for Auburn. I'm not leaving Bo Nix right now. Oh, okay. So I am staying with Bo Nix. I'm going to be like loyal. Like Shane Bichelle. I am going to die on that Shane hill, Bichelle. Dan. So Auburn, his this year has <laughs> struggled. You're relying Tank Bigsby running the ball is a nice player. Freshman running back for Auburn. As He's you're done a listening nice job. to the program right now, you just picture Henny and Bonix running through a cornfield. Towards no, I each think other. we're we're not we're oh, like running towards a, each other in slow motion. Hug. Yes, yes, that's it's what it is. Slow motion yes. hug. He just heard that I picked Auburn up. and turned and looked at me, and now we're <laughs> running across the field towards each other. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. So, Auburn is the underdog here. The Seth Williams Derek Stingley matchup. You have two. It's Seth Williams. We already mentioned a wide receiver for LSU, but if you're an NFL scout, Seth Williams is a dude that you're talking about. That's a guy we want to sneak on our team. Hopefully, that guy drops into the second, third round, and we can draft in a top tier NFL talent at wide receiver. I love Seth Williams. And to watch Stingley or Eli Ricks is the new freshman phenom also for LSU at corner. So, some cool matchups there to look at in the secondary. Auburn is going to win this game because I believe in you, Bonix. I do. <laughs> Please for me. Let's see I what happens. You, Bo I'm going all in on Bo Nix. Help to me, win Bo Nix. You're only hope. yes, yes. <laughs> Do you know that? So this game, it couldn't get much lamer. It's it's called the Tiger Bowl. It is. Yeah, the Tiger you Bowl. Get much lamer. Than Who named that. it that? I don't even know. Oh, okay. That's. I hope the game will be not. much better than the name. I hope I think this is going to be a fantastic real. game. I hope it's not real. Give me Auburn plus three all day, Patron. They've been playing forever. Bonix. The legend of Bonix returns. <laughs> you know, Bo. You, all right. The, the Henny and Bo romance continues. The Patron and Bouchelle romance continues. That is all for tonight. As always, you can check us out and give us a follow on Twitter at, at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go and rate and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Check out our page on Facebook, Henny and Patron, The Two Drink Minimum, or friend me at Dan Patron. A special thanks to our beers tonight, Montauk Brewing Company, Pumpkin Ale. Thank you very much. Also, our sponsors, Yankee Builders. Special shout out to Fire Island Bicycle Company for the beer sleeves. That is all. Thank you for everybody who provided so much for the program tonight. I am Dan Patron, and he is Kevin Hennigan. And this is the two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>